Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, questions, possibilities, philosophical quandaries, uncovering dissonance, and a whole lot more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves, an hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour for the open-minded, for where our search might take us may provoke a level of insight that may just perturb our notion of what is real, what is tractable, what is important, and more. It is therefore an hour where we admit that our foregone conclusions could all be wrong and in that way truly open ourselves up to the plausibility of a new level of comprehension that in some way, somehow, may indeed lead to that elusive state known as enlightenment. All right, now every week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying homage to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and improve it every way. June wrote, I have heard that you offer some free programs through your show. Can you tell me how I obtain them? All right, sure, June. And for those of you listening for the first time, we have our own Pay It Forward program. To that end, we offer a number of intertalk titles in MP3 version, absolutely free. The titles range from uh, the all-important beginning point, forgiving and letting go, to the daily needs such as stress reduction. These are not samples. This is the real deal, the patented and scientifically proven effective intertalk technology. And again, it's there as an aid to assist you in empowering yourself. All you have to do is go to my website, eldentaylor.com, and choose the free program option from the left-hand navigation pane. Enjoy. Now, Rhea wrote, I really enjoy your Hay House radio show. I love the way you get straight to the point and thoroughly explore the topic at hand. Refusing to put on blinders and make nice. Thanks for your good work. Well, thank you, Rhea. Last week, our guest was Hoska Harrison. Our discussion was all about the spiritual responsibility to be politically involved. Time to be proactive as opposed to passive. We discussed the world situation, none of it nobly, notably inspiring. And in particular, we spoke of Greece. The problem there is perhaps epistemic to the direction of much of what our country and most of Europe are looking at today. The day after our show aired, riots broke out in Greece, killing three people. Banks were burned, bombs were thrown, and all of this because the citizens of Greece have been told that their services are going to be cut, and they are going to be held accountable for paying taxes, and perhaps even higher taxes. Health care benefits, retirement payments, unemployment funding... In short, the social costs of their society must be reduced. The nation is broke. Matthew wrote, quote, I find it uncanny that your show anticipated what happened the very week following your broadcast. Riots, falling markets, currency problems, bankruptcy and all. What happens next? Well, the question in my mind, Matthew, is this. What happens when you become a nation of handouts? I mentioned last week the research that shows the more you give, the less it is appreciated and the more that is expected. Now, this does not extend to all instances, but just think of your children for a moment. If everything is obtained with little efforts or sacrifice, 
if they get what they want because it's just easier to give in to them than to than to fight them on everything if they don't have to work or earn anything have you prepared them for life well not for my generation but perhaps you have if our society is to become one that nourishes the idea that government or business or someone else should share their wealth and take care of us all I'm amazed at some of the outright dissonance among many regarding such matters as self-responsibility and the law of attraction. For example, if a society operates on the basis of government will take care of you, where is the self-responsibility? I mean, would it cost any more to put the unemployed to work on projects that benefit society, pay them their unemployment checks while they do this work? and do so until they find a job that restores full compensation or regular pay to them? I don't think so. And again, if the law of attraction actually is something more than new age hocus pocus, why don't we teach this to all? For as that age old saying goes, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. My guest today does just that. I think of what she teaches, at least in this context, as the law of fishing and her new book is all about the truth behind the law of attraction now the principles underlying the nature of attraction are as old as written literature they have been stated in many ways ranging from what we sow so shall we reap to thinking is destiny I remember reading of the principles of attraction for the first time myself well over 40 years ago and yet when the film the secret was released Suddenly, there was renewed vitality added to this ancient teaching. There wasn't anything really secret about the secret. That said, there was also a surge of misunderstanding and misinterpretation and so forth. This always leads to the chasm that is created between science and spirituality when statements are made that fail basic scientific scrutiny. Statements that have or contain within them They're opposite. They're mutually exclusive. They can't both be false and true at the same time. For example, Wikipedia treats the entire matter this way. Quote, the phrase law of attraction used widely by new thought writers refers to the idea that thoughts influence chance. The law of attraction argues that thoughts, both conscious and unconscious, can affect things outside the head, not just through motivation, but by other means. The law of attraction says that which is like unto itself is drawn. Various scientists have stated that many of the law's claims are impossible, violating scientific principles and a scientific understanding of the universe. Instead, the law may be explained as an illusion created by the connection between self-confidence and success or one's own perception, like the placebo effect. The skeptical inquirer criticized the lack of falsifiability and testability of the claims. Critics have asserted that the evidence provided is usually anecdotal and that because of the self-selecting nature of the positive reports, as well as the subjective nature of any results, these these reports are susceptible to confirmation and selection bias. Wikipedia continues, physicist Ali Alusi, for instance, criticized it as unmeasurable and questioned the likelihood that thoughts can affect anything outside of the head, end quote. All right. 
I know what I think about all of this. But we want your input and questions as well, so we invite you to join us. So, the stage is set. The question, what is the truth about the law of attraction? Can we unconsciously sabotage ourselves by holding the wrong thoughts, like hunger? And really all we have to do is think fish and fish will appear? Well, our guest today, Sandra Ann Taylor, is here to set all of this straight for us. She is a New York Times bestselling author, a friend of mine, has her own radio show right here on Hay House Radio, is a sought-after international speaker, and she has a terrific new book. And I mean, this is really a great book. Truth, Triumph, and Transformation, Sorting Out the Fact from the Fiction in Universal Law. And I'll tell you, if you want to know what the lies are, you want to get this book. If you have a question about how this law works, you will want to call in and speak with Sandra today. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, dear friend Sandra Ann Taylor. Thank you, Eldon. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, it's indeed our pleasure. You know, to start right out with, do you want to begin by setting us straight? What's the largest error most make when dealing with the principles of attraction? And by the way, you know, my mother used to just call the law of attraction. She put it this way, like attracts like, or birds of a feather flock together. What, what What is the single largest error? The single largest, um, well, there are, are two major ones. The, the single largest one that I see is the belief that if you just focus on what you want, then that's going to end up manifesting without any action, without understanding your life force energy. It's just let's create a vision board and think about the end results. In fact, there are p- proponents of the law of attraction. And by the way, there's more than one law. It's laws of attraction, just like there are laws of the physical universe. Right. Um, but many proponents say you don't need to take action. And this is, you know, kind of what you were talking about in terms of uh, your introduction there about Greece and people not having the ability to, um, you know, take responsibility for themselves when everything is given to them. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. And the The extension of that is, if things go wrong, this leads to the second problem uh, that people misunderstand, is that if anything goes wrong, it makes me faulty. My thoughts were what created it. And yes, our thoughts do create reality. It is undisputed in the scientific world that consciousness creates reality. Now, this is cosmological, it's particulate, it's um, uh, wave energy, but when you apply to the human experience, what does that mean? What is consciousness? Consciousness is regarded as a field of information. Now, your consciousness is your field of your information. And this includes your entire life force. Your life force goes out in front of you. And so just sitting around and thinking about what you want is not going to manifest the results. It's what your life force is. That means what you get up in the morning and expect your day to be like, what you look in the mirror and view yourself as, that's all a part of your life force. And this is why it's gotten so diluted and um, convoluted in terms of these understanding of these very important principles. So three things, if I can gel that back up, make sure that I understand you. You know, first of all, those people that are out there telling all you have to do is uh, imagine it and it it will come to you, uh, they're part of the problem. 
Second of all, uh, those people out there that are telling you, you know, look, if you're not getting it, if you, if life sucks and then you die, that's because, uh, you, you know, something's really wrong with you. They, too, are part of the problem. Yeah, Did I get because that? Look those at two that. right? Yeah. Yes, and and because if we're projecting a life force energy and then we're judging ourselves, that goes out and brings even more judgment and negativity. But you had a third item. What was that? Yeah, well, the third one is, you know, I love you dearly, but I have to check you on this. You said it is undisputed by scientists that thoughts create reality, and I wish it were. I believe. No, I said I did not say thoughts create reality, honey. You I say didn't say again? thoughts create. I said I said it's undisputed that consciousness creates reality, and I'm well, talking that, that, about particulate. You know, if you weigh, if you and measure light, um, the consciousness of the observer actually determines what the light form will will take in terms of particulate you're, you're or wave, the wave energy. Particle duality. Yep. When you, you discussed yep. that. Yes, so that is uncertainty principle, but but it is not undisputed. Right. I, I have too many physicists around me to let that go. <laughs> However, I do believe okay, that's fine. that the day will come it will this? be undisputed. Uh, I do more too. and more evidence suggests you're absolutely right, Sandra. More and more. <laughs> I get beat up by my audience when I let things like that go, though. Okay, so I, I have absolutely. To. Okay. You call me on the carpet anytime you want. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Now, listen, I love your book. I mean, that's a fact. I, I, as soon as I read the book, uh, I went straight to Hay House. I put up a, um, a review of the book because I think oh, this is your best you. book. And the reason I really love it is you're unafraid to take on forgive me forgive the metaphor but the so-called sacred cows you know uh, <laughs> you, you you put it straight out so i'm going to ask you, you what is the lie of attraction what do you well, mean by are... the lie of attraction that's how i have to say it what do you mean by the lie of attraction the, the, there are uh, several lies. These are actually half-truths and misconceptions of attraction, um, but um, it's a metaphor, really. The lies of, like what we talked about, just focus on what you want and it'll happen. Uh, if you have a negative thing, your thoughts created. There are many mysteries of creation. We have soul's intention. We have karma. We have natural life cycles. We have yin and yang cycles. We have our environment. So many different things. And you, you talk about this so beautifully in your book. You know, what does that mean? There are le- deeper and deeper levels of meaning to what happens to us. And, um, and it's, it's so simplistic to say, well, if something bad happened to me, I thought it into existence. My, my main motivation originally for writing the book, I had a friend who was diagnosed with ALS, and she was into the, quote, law of attraction, and she, you know, called me and said, what did I do to create this? And yeah. we investigated her thoughts, and, you know, people are suffering physically, financially, emotionally, and then to bring it on themselves and to find themselves faulty, and then... The, the extension of that is, I'm not getting better. I must be continuing to do something wrong. There's no right. compassion there. There's no hope. There's no, no sense of, um, you know, potential in terms of all the self-judgment that goes on in these Horrible negative experiences. Of shame and guilt. Yeah, and, and, and doesn't that dig us in deeper? 
Uh, it, it does. It, it's a downward spiraling. It's just, you, you know, it, it really disturbs me when I hear a news person today say, you know, as with Tony Snow, Tony Snow lost his battle with cancer. You know, you, you, you don't lose <laughs> when you pass. I mean, and, unless we're all just born losers. Because I don't know anybody that walks on water, and I don't know anybody that's been here, you know, 3,000 years. So it's just a terrible kind of a metaphor, and it does. It heaps the guild on. Mm -hmm. Our phone lines are lighting up. Our chat room's getting really busy. So let's just jump into some nitty-gritty before we take a phone call, okay? Sure. Your book defines something called the attraction phobia. Share with us what that is, would you please? Yeah, the attraction phobia is when I'm, I become fearful of every thought that I think. I had a client that, I work with clients on the phone all the time, and I had a client, she said, I'm troubleshooting my thoughts all the time. And she was, you know, fearful of any kind of negative thought. And we have to accept ourselves as human beings and not condemn ourselves. It doesn't mean we want to sit in our negativity and dwell on any catastrophic event, but we certainly don't want to be fearful of the natural process of thinking and and have a healthy and positive, optimistic attitude. Yes, I had a negative thought, but that doesn't have to indicate that you know something horrible is going to happen. I can release that and Think about what my adjacent possibilities are. That's a that's a, a physical, a scientific term about thinking about your options right in the next moment. And so, we really have to lighten up and get rid of this fear of our negative thoughts or even having negative feelings. I had a I had a client who said, you know, my husband beats me, but I don't want to think about that because it's negative and it'll make him beat me more. And I thought, oh my God, this is this is such a a weird reaction to this. Yes, you have to think about your negative issues so you can deal with them. You know. <clears throat> I sometimes I read your book, I listen to you speak, and I think this woman is she's talking about the same thing that I'm talking about. It's like we walk mm-hmm. down the same. And in your book, you talk about the blame game as something. Yeah. And I mean, this just feeds it. I mean, I've addressed this for 25 years. My research really started there. Why is this game so damaging? When we blame ourselves or even others we move into a point of powerlessness. And you talk about this too. When we give our power away by blaming others, we become a victim. When we blame ourselves, we have reached deep inside of ourselves and found ourselves really um, faulty and unable to cope, unable to do something different. And then what happens to, to our energy then? Whether you're talking about the laws of attraction and your life force energy or even your motivation throughout your day. Uh, it, that blame game moves into a sense of hopelessness. And hopelessness is a really very um, negative, dark, dense energy to live in. Yeah, worse than that, Seligman showed us in some really innovative research, the hopeless, helpless dog, that uh, the immune system just shuts down when yeah. you are in this hopeless stage. You you actually ex- exacerbate uh, 
illness con- or, or physical conditions uh, if you happen to be ill and, and you're in that place. Uh, you know, we have about four minutes before we have our required break, and we should turn to some of these questions uh, that we have uh, on the telephone in the chat room. But I'm, sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put one more to you before I, let, I, I turn you over, all right? Okay. <laughs> okay. You, I mean, you say that, uh, well, I, I'm just, I love your chapter titled Focus, Hocus, Pocus. Yes. One of the lies, now that's the title of your chapter. One of the lies you outline in this chapter goes this way. All you have to do is keep focusing on what you want and eventually it will happen. Now, you, you treat these things as solutions, not solutions. I love how you play on that, S-O-U-L, solutions. So now you, you've basically already indicated to us what the problem is. Why is that a lie? Because it, it does, what it does is it creates a, uh, a lot of a sense of lack. There are several levels of lack. First of all, if you focus on the end result, a lot of people become inflexible for other end results being able to make them happy. So there's a lack of flexibility. There's also a lack of receptivity from the universe. You're telling the universe, oh, I only want this and don't send me anything else. And there could be some greater solution that the universe is willing to send and may be a part of your destiny, but you're locking the door to that. The biggest piece of this focus, hocus pocus thing is that when you focus too much on the end result, a lot of times you dismiss the action you have to take today. You need to also focus on the process. And I talk about in my book a friend who wanted to be the next Ernest Hemingway, wanted to be a writer, wanted to be, you know, famous and and a bestseller. And um, he had brilliant ideas. The man was brilliant. He had one problem. He hated to write. (laughs) So he kept focusing on these books being published, and he would put his ideas in his computer, but... He never wrote, he could, you, we must get enthusiastic about the process. If we cannot get enthusiastic and take action in the process that leads to that desired end result, we will not have the staying power to see it through any obstacles. We will just give up. So this is a very, very important piece uh, concerning that focusing on what you want instead of focusing on what I can do today. And finally, focusing on what I want makes me not appreciate what I have a lot of time. And so when I'm not living in the state of appreciation, I am not creating the highest life force possible. I'm not valuing myself and my life at the present time. And so all of these things are elements that this this excessive picturing the end result can can have on the quality of your daily life and on the life force that you project to the universe. The gratitude attitude and its power. Now, Sandra, are you are you doing a, a remake of the the genuine secret with all of these insights? Um, yes, <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm in a movie that's coming out soon called The Truth, and that is going to cover a, this and a lot of uh, things. But uh, yes, I'm, I'm, it's my personal passion to set the record straight here. <laughs> 
That's wonderful. All right, listen, we're going to have to take a break. I promise we'll go to the callers and to uh, the chat room when we get back. Um, You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio. My guest today is the one and only Sandra Ann Taylor. Uh, We are discussing her work and ideas regarding the law of attraction. You can follow the links under Provocative Enlightenment on EldonTaylor.com to her books, website and more you do want to read this book if you've heard anything about uh the law of attraction and you've attended any of these seminars you absolutely want to read her new book we'll be right back after these words from some of our friends confusion deception manipulation feeling a bit controlled lost learn how you can take back control of your life through proven techniques in Eldon Taylor's revised edition of Choices and Illusions. This New York Times bestseller is a guidebook to your journey to self-actualization, filled with practical, real-life solutions backed by scientific studies and guaranteed to awaken your inner genie. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. InnerTalk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, I, <clears throat> I'm discussing the truth and the lies from the laws and principles of attraction with Sandra Ann Taylor, author of the great new book, Truth, Triumph, and Transformation, Sorting Out the Fact from the Fiction and Universal Law. You know, <clears throat> Sandra, we, we've got a lot of calls uh, and, and chat room people. Uh, let me ask you something, because I really love this book. Is it possible for you to uh, give copies of this book to our callers today? I would love to. I lo- would love to. In fact, let's give a free copy of Truth, Triumph, and Transformation to the first three callers. First three callers? You're, you're sliding my yeah. chat room. You have to take care of my chat room, too. Okay, then let's get, if you can get the addresses for me, we'll give them to three of those people, too. All right, we've got it. Well, let's take a call, then. We'll go to line one. Natalie in New York has been very patient in holding. And, Natalie, (laughs) we just got you a free copy of the book. You're on the air with Sandra Ann Taylor. Thank you so much, Sandra Ann Taylor. I'm so happy. I'm so glad that I'm listening right now. Thank you so much. My question is to be short. Thank you. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for the book. My question well, and, for, 
and thank you for Hay House. I love them. My question is, I'm going now to restart my business. And my question is, according to what you say, I already, uh, I'm asking and I'm receiving the answer. I already received your answer, but I would like you to maybe to add something or repeat. If I want to experience prosperity, abundance, joy, satisfaction for myself, my family, and my clients, what is the most important what you can recommend how to focus? Okay, there, the three most important pieces of this process is the the core piece is your self esteem. If mm-hmm. you have uh, if you have any self judgment or self criticism, it's very important to redo that. And and I'm sure, in fact, I know that Eldon has uh, some CDs on his Inner Talk program about uh, self esteem. Uh, so we need to reverse any negativity about self. Find yourself valuable, affirm yourself, and mm-hmm. live in an air of and an energy of confidence. The second piece is what is my life force energy like? What are my emotions um, on a daily basis? Do mm-hmm. I tend to live in depression? Do I tend to live in excitement? Because your dominant emotion is a big part of your life force energy. If mm-hmm. you're consistently in a negative emotion, you need to look at the thoughts behind that and rewire your brain so that you can give yourself options to think differently and to rid yourself of these emotions, even if it needs to be uh, with the help of a therapist and mm-hmm. finally joyous action not just the end result you want to take action and have joy in the action those are the three pieces what can i do today with joy and excitement about my process that will move me closer to my goal Wonderful. okay honey thanks thank you so much from the bottom of my heart good luck to you on your thank journey thank you thank you you, you natalie. too natalie all right, let's take one out of the chat room. We'll just, just bounce back and forth, all right? Bella in the chat room says, any suggestions on law of attraction when you know it and yet find yourself experiencing what could be a fate moment? How do you move beyond this? There is a lot of um, experience in terms of identifying this is a this is a moment of destiny, a moment of, of uh, I, I don't like the word fate so much because it's kind of predetermined, although karmically our energy can bring us into connection with people that don't necessarily promote our our highest and best. And so what we have to do when we recognize this moment of fate or moment of of, you know, some sort of experience outside of our control, let's say. We can identify it and say, all right, what is the lesson here for me to learn? What is it that I'm supposed to be engaging in? And um, usually our soul's intention, and this is a very dynamic piece of the laws of attraction, our soul has intentions too, and they may be very different than our desire to have a mansion and a Porsche. <laughs> you know what I mean, Alden? Yeah, I do. So, I know that would firsthand. <laughs> so if if we ask ourselves, okay, yes, I'm going through a hard time, or I have this moment of a choice here, a fate of destiny, where I need to make a choice, and I need to find out what 
honors me, what promotes my sense of my own dignity, what promotes my spiritual path. When we go into that, we can meditate on that, we can find some answers because there are all sorts of um, assistance um, in the, in fact, I call them the dream team, the assistants on the other side, including our high, our own higher self, but um, the spirit world around us is fill, filled with help. And if we can just meditate on what my next step on my path is, we will often get the answer that we seek. Excellent. All right, let's go to line three on our telephone. Is I believe this is Lori. Have I got that correct, Lori, from Royal Oak, Michigan? Yes, that's correct. Welcome to the show, Lori. You're on the air with uh, um, the one and only Sandra Ann Taylor. Excuse me. I had a gulp in my throat. And I had to swallow. Hello. Good what morning. What can we do for you today? It's, it's afternoon here, but good morning to you. Um, I'm Thank just you. scratching the surface of the law of attraction um, just within the last 30 days or so, I've just been trying to educate myself and expose myself to um, all of the teachings that are out there, and a couple things have come up, and I'd just like to know your comments on um, whether whether you come across people that say that the law of attraction defies certain religious beliefs. Um, do you find that that it's not accepted um, through the different religions, the organized religious groups? There are some uh, religious groups that are probably a little um, judgmental of it, although I was in a movie um, called... um uh, Beyond the Secret, and, and which was directed mostly for the Christian community. Um, uh, the, the, the thing is, if you look at the principles of your life force and your consciousness and your energy and your intention, if you know that you are a child of God, and as a child of God, you are deserving of every great and good thing, that has been created on this planet. I don't see how that can conflict with the various spiritual teachings that are out there. If I create a partnership with God in working on my goals and know that I am valuable as an eternal soul and a child of God, there is nothing that can stop me. And the, the fear-based thoughts or the limitation thoughts of, of some people and some religions, and I'm not saying, you know, necessarily Christian or any, whatever you might come against, um, can be really eradicated when you look at this from a spiritual angle and from a partnership with the divine. The divine created this universe for us to experience all these wonderful, great and good things. And, and we have to look at that as our source of value and our source of deserving. So no, I, I feel it doesn't conflict at all, but I'm sure there are people out there that are saying it's the work of the devil, which I don't understand. That information was exactly what I was looking for. Um, just real briefly, I have a friend who we're who's at the same stage of, in our journey um, in educating ourselves, and we share different thoughts and experiences. And I'm from one religious group; she is from another. And the comment came up, and we didn't know where to turn for the answer. And 
that that was the answer I was looking for. And I appreciate you taking my call, and I look forward to reading your books. Oh, thank you. Well, you're welcome, and, and I really want to encourage you to to stay with it in, in spite of uh, the naysayers because it's really finding about out, out, really about who you are in a divine way. And my book, Quantum Success, has a whole section on how the divine um, really influences in the spirit energy, um, influences our force field of attraction. So you might want to check that one out first. That was going to be my final question, if there was a book that you could lead me to where I could read a little bit more. And that was that was the answer. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for calling. Sure. God bless you. All right. You ready for the next one? Sure. Out of the chat room, Mod Girl says, and I love this question. This is a great question. What is the best way to teach kids about the laws? You know, I really, I have been asked to write a book about um, this and so that it can be used in schools and in, in my, in the future I plan to do that. The best thing that you can teach kids is to generate an authentic acceptance of themselves and then when they have difficulties they can they know they can rely on themselves and this this as i said to a previous caller the self-esteem is the core force of your life force vibration it is the core generator and so really the best thing you can do is teach them how to love themselves accept themselves and know that they have power in the universe and you can still teach them some of the technicalities i've worked with people who've taught their kids how to study and visualize that them doing well but taking the action to support that also and so you can teach them some of the technicalities but the most important piece is really teaching them how to value and love themselves and find themselves worthy and when you find yourself worthy that's when you get what you're worthy of wonderfully well said all right. We're still working on free books here. Maybe I should just start passing out free self-esteem programs, too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, indeed, I will do that. All right. Anybody that has a self-esteem great. issue, we will we'll do that in, in tandem with your book. We have Gene from Chicago, Illinois, on the line. Gene, it's your turn to get a free book. What's your question today for Sandra and Taylor? Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for taking my call, both of you. Uh, I have been working, gosh, uh, so vigorously on all these different concepts and listening to all sorts of books and tapes and um, know that I'm going to move into another another career, and I don't know what that is yet. And so I'm, I'm doing a lot of meditating and trying to figure that out. In the meantime, my current career is I'm struggling in my current career, and I'm, I'm fearful that, like, it's letting go of me, you know, um, faster or before I'm ready. You know, I, I, yes. I still need to pay the bills. I still need to, you know, um, and I, you know, if I know something new is coming around the corner, but I don't know what it is yet. And I'm just terrified. I just, uh, so I have a lot of fear and now I'm afraid of that. I'm, you know, manifesting. No, bad no, no, stuff no, Cause no, I have no. all this fear. Cause I just, I can't see what's coming around the corner. And I'm, and okay. I feel patient. Like, a, to, like I need to take time to figure it out, but 
You do, and I feel that in your energy, honey. I really want to relax. I just want to let it go. I want to stay in my present career while pu putting my toe in the water of different things that I want to experience so that I can test where I want to go in terms of what resonates with me. If we pick a, if we pick a career that resonates with us, we're much more likely to have the success that we want. So you want to just let yourself be less urgent because urgency moves us into to um, one of the laws which is called the law called the law of paradoxical intent we've all been there paradoxical intent says the more desperate we are to achieve a certain outcome the more our desperate energy will actually sabotage our results and create the opposite or the paradox of our intention so we want to rein in the urgency and I really feel like stay and I, I uh, and I'm getting into an energy reading here which I was uh, was actually not planning to do but I have to tell you I do see a new beginning a wonderful new beginning for you but I want to take my time and I want to see what is open and what is available to me and and you also have to realize you're picking up part of your fear is picking up on the shared consciousness and um, I talk about this a lot in my new book truth triumph and transformation and that shared consciousness today in this economy is very fearful so I want to breathe and relax and say, I can let go of the fear, move in the direction of, and also I want to open up to my spirit's capacity to help me. And, and I actually do this sometimes when I don't know what I want to do. At night, I'll go to sleep and send my higher self out and, and say, you go search the world and find the right person to be, you know, my publisher or my this or my that. And surprisingly, if I continue to do that with faith and let go of the urgency, faith and surrender, then it, it really accelerates the process. So just let yourself relax with it, let go of the urgency, release the shared consciousness of fear, and I can trust, I open my heart and my life to trusting myself and my path, and then ask your higher self to move forward. Yeah, I've been having wonderful dreams and all sorts of, I've been seeing all different kind of signs. It's been amazing. Yeah. I know, and I'm, That's what and I was I, picking up. You're definitely getting information from spirit. Yeah, and I'm loving it, and I'm grabbing it, and just like, okay, well, this is unfolding, this is unfolding, but at the mean, in the meantime, the fear, you know, the, like you said, the shared consciousness, every, as in my current career, I'm in sales, I, I meet with lots of people who are so fearful. And I think I'm, pull, and, you know, picking that up, and I should just wash off when I get home. But <laughs> Yes, actually put water on your throat chakra and your crown chakra right on the top of your head when you leave those meetings, and you bless them and let them go, and you affirm that can be their experience, but it's not my truth. And, I open myself to the truth of the abundance of the universe. Um, but I still need to succeed in this career so that I can stay here. Um, I'm in sales, and I, if I don't. If I don't succeed... Okay, you know. I want you to try that thing with the higher self. I had somebody okay. in real estate call me recently, and okay. uh, she sent out her higher self. She said, I need three listings this month, and she got three calls the next day and had those listings. So whatever oh. it is you need, clients oh. or whatever, you send, you say to your higher <clears throat> self, this is what I need, and I'm going to send you out. Now, it might not happen the next day, <laughs> right? but let it happen, okay, honey? But I, I had them searching my next career. I didn't even think to ask him to help me. Just to, oh my God, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're so welcome. Much. Thanks you're for welcome. calling. Good Jean. luck, honey. Thank you. All right. And the third book going to the chat room. And 
That would be Andreas, I believe. His and, and his question is: uh, Could you ask Sandra what's a good affirmation or clearing technique to attract the right girlfriend to your life? Well, um, there's. There's a lot of things that you can do. First, you want to project. You want to think about the energies you want, communicative and respectful, and there's reciprocity. So you want to create that energy in your life. When I was going through my second divorce, I said, okay, what energies, you know, I I thought at that time I'm never getting married again. (laughs) But I said, I'm probably going to date, so what energies do I want to put out there? And, in fact, can we get... Can we get his address because I'm going to send him an attracting love meditation where you send out, you project your highest and best qualities and it goes out into the field of abundance, the universal field of potential, and then attracts the partner in the energetic realm first. So so what you want to do, honey, is, is think of the characteristics you want to attract and, and choose to project them. You want to say and affirm, I am valuable, I am valuable to any relationship and I am attracting the ideal partner to me now. I open my heart and my life to um, connecting with a person who is going to be loving and um, supportive and willing to commit and communicative and whatever it is. You can make a list of what it is and you put that out there but then don't dwell on it. The obsession and the desperation especially this law of paradoxal paradoxical intent is so true but it's especially true when it com- comes to love because people feel desperate energy so you want to just let it go and say in the meantime i am responsible for creating the healthiest and happiest life for myself possible and as you do that you project a happy life force and you will really start to attract happy people Wonderfully well said, and we will have the address. I'll see that you get it. Now, okay. the phones are lighting all up. You know, I love it. You, you get a great guest. You have great, great energy, and and everybody wants to take your time. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer some of the questions that I have, but I want to make a point before we take another call. Your book covers not just the lies, but it, it covers a complete explanation on the practice and that's something i really liked about it you have certain law practices uh, you, the practice of the law of manifestation the practice of the law of magnetism the practice of the law of pure desire um, paradoxical intent as you have just already covered the law of harmony right action expanding influence this is really a tremendous book for those of you that are interested. I don't normally plug books. I am plugging this book. I enjoy this book Thank very you. much. I, I think Sandra has done an excellent job at sorting the, the fact from the fiction. Okay. There's my well, opine you, for the day. I will send you a bill <laughs> for that, you. Sandra. Okay. <laughs> let's, 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 take, uh, let's go ahead and take line six as opposed to asking you for how you practice each of these. And we'll talk to Thank Judy you. from Akron, Ohio. Right Judy, back. you're on the air. Hi, Sandra. And I get two of you this week, I see. Yes. <laughs> um, Hi. How are you? Fine. Um, my question was sort of like an earlier one that you answered. Um, if you're wanting this law of attraction, and like you said, I, I don't have any fear. I don't. I'm I'm very open. But if I was sent down here for a specific, like you said, specific path, and what I want in my attraction, what I want to attract, 
goes against that. Um, yeah. Well, I, here's what I think about this, um, Judy. I don't think that the specific situations are predestined. Some specific um, connections, like relationships and things, are uh, karmic, and, and we draw them in because we need to learn from that energy. My next okay. book is about karma and encoded consciousness. However, when I was talking about soul's intention, your soul may have an intention, but it's always personal. In other words, like learning how to love myself. And your soul doesn't mind you becoming rich it doesn't mind if you want to have a car and a mansion it just says let's do it in the parameters of what's really important it's like love of self compassion for others uh, finding your spiritual connection these are and I talk about all the, the the four or five basic types of soul intention it's not that that cancels out your desire it's just that when your desire if you if you look in the mirror and say i hate myself and i hate my life but i want this mansion see you see and, and if your soul's intention is to learn how to love yourself the soul will be served first before your your personal intention and so if you can align your soul's intention and learn how to live that higher life that enlightened life um, which Eldon calls provocative enlightenment uh, when you can do that you can then put it out there and then the physical life promotes that okay that's so I'm basically really right on the life path the right thing by wanting what I want yes I do want more money but it isn't for me it's to help other people that I see and, and certain things in the environment the bees, the... Absolutely. You know, that's so a high I should just keep... soul intention. Yeah, that's, okay, that's so wonderful. I should be good. But we're out of time, too, Judy. Okay, thank I'm you sorry so to much. cut you off, but thank you no, very no. much for calling. Okay, thanks uh, for calling, Judy. I don't know where the time goes. Listen, real quick, Sandra, I know you've got some upcoming speaking engagements. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Tell us about them. Okay. I'm speaking in Europe. I'll be in uh, Portugal next weekend, uh, purple-energy.net, and I'll be in London the following weekend, mindbodyspirit.co.uk, and I have several events in Lilydale at lilydaleassembly.com, and um, you can get that on the website, lilydaleassembly.com. And they can go to your website or, or they yes, can check your links Taylor at my website. Net. There you yes, go. SandraAnnTaylor.net. Right? No Ann in the not no Ann no in the Ann. website. SandraTaylor.net. <laughs> okay. S-A-N-D-R-A-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot net. All right. Right. Uh, right. Sandra, I appreciate you very much. You uh, you really do bring a bright light to this whole issue. Uh, oh, I can't, thank you. can't thank you enough for being here today. We've come to the end it of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment, and I want to thank all of you out there for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show, and will join us again next week, same time and same place. My guest next week is a wonderful New Age musician, good friend of mine, Stephen Halpern. We're going to play some of his music, and you'll love it. Okay? And now, uh, you know my parting farewell. I'm, I've got a new one, and we're just going to hang to this. Believing in yourself always matters.